The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had him put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. What was the, the gist of that prayer Azariah said in the first reading? What was he, again, there's a lot he said, but like, what was the overarching kind of theme of that prayer, you think? Forgiveness would be a great answer. Anything else? Kind of overarching idea in that first reading? Yeah, in the, in the middle of the end. But with contrite heart, humble spirit, let us be received as though it were burnt offerings of rams and bollocks or thousands of fat lambs. So let our sacrifice be in your presence today as we follow you unreservedly. He's referring to the Old Testament sacrificial offerings and things. It's like, yeah, we're going to do that as well. Like let, like, let ours be received by you. So then in the Gospel... We hear that, that offering of Peter asking this question, how, should, how often should I forgive people? Now, does Jesus mean 77 times or does he mean something else? A number is like, it, it's not even worth counting in a sense. So think about this. We know that in the church, there is a sacrament that deals with forgiveness. What sacrament is that? Reconciliation, right? So reconciliation, a person can go to the priest, they can say their sins. They can be forgiven. Do people have like punch cards when they go to confession? So it's like, okay, that's one confession. You only got six left. You're looking at me like you're puzzled. Do we have that or not? No, we don't have that. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? It sounds so silly when you say it like that. All right, third punch. You only got four left for your lifetime. Good luck. No, because... God has allowed reconciliation, the sacrament that is offering forgiveness and healing, to be infinite, just like in the gospel. 
Because God's forgiveness for us is unending. Now, he does make some points about what forgiveness should look like. Okay, what were some of the points he made using that, that parable, that story of the this master and the servant and then the servant and the servant? What were some of the things he said? Yeah. Yeah, so the master to the first servant, he, what did he say even about that debt? He said his debt was, he owed him a huge amount. And since he had no way of paying him back, his master ordered him to be sold. Okay, in one regard, like that seems like a just reality. Okay, you owe me money. You're my servant. I need that money. I need to get it somehow. You have no way of paying me. I'm just going to sell you to someone and get some money. That made sense in this, in this time. And what did he do? He begged the master, don't do it. Don't do it. I'll find a way. You, you have an unknowable large amount that can't be paid back. And so what does the master do? He just says, what? I just, I forgive it. He doesn't put him on a payment plan. He doesn't make him say, okay, you're going to owe me this amount with this amount of time, with this much interest. He just says, okay, it's done. All because he just begged. He's like, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Okay. So the other story then is after this servant is forgiven, he has a fellow servant who owes him money, but he's, how, how much does he owe him? A huge amount? How much? Like a much smaller amount. Much smaller. And he says, okay, be patient, I'll pay it back. The exact same words. He refused. So, if God, who is willing to forgive our sins, our lying, cheating, misbehavior, all of that, he's willing to forgive that, does he say, okay, I forgive you, continue on with the life as you've lived, or what? Does God want you just to go back and doing the exact same stuff you just asked, said sorry for? Everyone's saying no, so we're in consensus here that if we say sorry for something, we should not do the thing again. The likelihood is it might happen again. So we go back. Here's the thing we should think about. God doesn't tire of forgiving us. We tire of seeking forgiveness. God doesn't get tired of saying, I forgive you. We get tired of saying, I'm sorry. And so it's really important that when we learn today is People aren't always going to say sorry to me, but I'm still called to forgive them. People may not even be able to fix what they've done. Forgiveness will still be offered, but that doesn't mean we continue on with the action. Let's say someone draws unnecessary things in a bathroom somewhere. That person comes forward and says, I'm sorry I did this. There might be a consequence in that moment, but then you're forgiven and you move on and it's, we don't worry about it again. But if people keep doing it, there's an ongoing problem, isn't there? Forgiveness can be offered if a person's willing to change. Same thing, like if you're in like another bathroom and you start shoving things into like little holes or crevices, like guess what? That can be forgiven, but you have to stop doing it. It's when we choose not to stop or we choose not to say sorry, we face difficulties. So when Jesus says at the very end, my heavenly Father, so will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. If we don't seek change, 
reconciliation, forgiveness, if we don't seek that relationship with the Lord and with other people, that good relationship, then nobody wants to be in a relationship with us. There's no point in, in trying to change. So remember this. People don't tire of forgiving. People get tired of saying sorry. And we should never get tired of saying sorry. Saying sorry is actually a great freedom. So if there's someone in your life who has upset you, who's, up, who's angered you, who's caused frustration, and you're waiting for them to say sorry, maybe start by just going to them saying, I forgive you. And you may not even have to go to them, just in your heart you can forgive them. You can forgive the person for, for doing whatever they've done. So that's our task. We don't, we don't keep track of it. We do it as the Lord will do it, infinite amount of times. But we do it because it gives us freedom.